IABC Ottawa presents The Voice. The Voice offers expert insights and practical takeaways for people in the marketing communications industry. We're sharing the latest ideas and issues with sector professionals. What can we do to help you take your career to the next level? I am Tina Barton, and this is The Voice. My name is Carrie Mortimer, and I'm president of Mortimer Marketing Group. I've been a marketing professional for nearly 25 years now. For the past year and a half, I've been working with the Air Canada Global Sales Team uh, to enhance the performance of the team by enabling them with a social selling strategy. A social selling strategy is really the process of researching and connecting and interacting with prospects and customers over social networks. The mindset for social selling is, is that you're helping the buyer buy. You're not forcing the sales process down their throat. It's really about helping them solve business problems. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Before we get underway, I'd like to thank Ashley McGrath for mixing this episode. She's with Thornley Fellis, an integrated communications agency serving clients across North America. Welcome to The Voice, Kerry Mortimer. Thanks, Tina. Great to be here. Now, you've said to me that a social selling strategy is not a social media strategy. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yes, well, social selling is really about relationship building and driving revenue um, by driving sales. It's something that is developed and managed by a sales organization, whereas a social media strategy would be developed and managed by a marketing organization. Um, Some of the key differences um, include that with a social media strategy managed by marketing, you're working with branded accounts and that it's a sort of a one-to-many messaging, whereas in social selling, you're working with individual sales team members, their own personal accounts on LinkedIn and Twitter, um, and so and it's a one-to-one relationship. I was looking up a definition from Jill Raleigh, who's well-known in the social selling sphere, and she said, the mindset is not of rushing them to signature to close the deal, but coaching them to success throughout the buying process. And she talks a lot about how social selling is about really getting to know your target audience and you get to know them and their business needs so you can actually serve them better and help them. It's it's a collaborative process where you are working together to find the solution. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people do business with people they know and like and trust. And uh, when you're a salesperson, you are really out there building relationships with people and people want to get to know you and they want to know that you understand them and their business needs and their pain points. And one of the ways that you can do that is by offering value-added insights and content and uh, putting it out there through your own social network, say on LinkedIn or Twitter, um, and adding value to the conversation. And it's just a way, it's sort of a touch point. And it might be, you know, the first touch point in uh, building a relationship with somebody who down the road at some point may actually need what you have to sell. But initially and and your first sort of mindset is all around um, building the relationship and adding value. So think about putting in and putting in and putting in. And at the time when somebody does get, oh, I, I need to buy something and you have what they are looking for and you've added value, you've become a trusted advisor, they're going to be loyal to you. Um, and that's when you can sort of evolve the conversation and, and go down the road to you know talking about yourself. So tell us about the exciting work you've been doing with Air Canada, uh, which teams you're working with, who their customers are, and what it is you've introduced to them. 
Uh, yeah, I started working with um, the Air Canada Global Sales team in the fall of uh, 2014, so about a year and a half ago. Um, I was asked to come in and develop a, a social media strategy for the sales team. And, you know, early on, really, we, we talked about and really focused on the fact that it was a social selling strategy because this was a sales team I was working with, not the marketing team. So the marketing organization has social media team that developed a strategy and managed the branded Air Canada accounts. It's not that area that that I'm working with, it's the sales organization. So it's really about a few hundred sales team members who are around the world and who are in client-facing roles and non-client-facing roles. So in, in terms of, say, in the, the direct corporate customer base, um, there'd be a, you know, a couple of different, I guess, personas or buyers that they would be working with. So it's depending on the size of the company, sort of depends who, who, the, who they would be dealing with. So it could be a C-suite executive. It could be the owner of a company, um, a VP. could be a procurement director or purchasing manager, a, a CFO. Um, and if it's a larger company, often they have... Have travel managers, so um, folks within their company that manage the travel program for their employees. So, and on the travel agency market, there could be travel agency owners and there could be travel agents. So, these are all the different audiences that the sales team members interact with um, on a daily basis, and they're either doing you know account management or some are dedicated to new business development. So, Kerry, what was the rationale for you introducing this concept of social selling to Air Canada? Uh, well, really, it started with um, the vice president of uh, global sales. Uh, he really, he himself um, was active on Twitter, and he started to see um, the value of it, and, and also had a very large LinkedIn network to begin with. And he started to see um, that it, it just gave this amazing access and gave um, increased awareness and actually helped drive sales conversations. Um, so he really identified to say, okay, we need to do this now. Um, but some of the reasons why it makes sense to do it now and why there's an urgency to do it now um, have to do with just sort of um, some outside influences. Like social media has exploded. It's a truly you know, global phenomenon. Um, so that's where people are. That's where people are spending their time. And so you, you need to be where people are. And then also because of that, you know, the modern buyer has emerged. So buyers are no longer waiting for salespeople to to give them the information they need. They're seeking it out themselves. You know, they're digitally um, they're digitally savvy. They're actively online looking. They're they're mobile um, and they're empowered and they're informed. Um, in the past, it used to be that the control laid more with the salesperson. You know, you had the company brochure and that was the had all the information that the customer needed. Well, no longer. You know, the balance of power has shifted, and so the consumer and the buyer has much more power because they're much more informed because this is all available online now. You've got forums where people are reviewing and rating and, and you can talk about uh, different products that you're buying. We all do that now. Right. So there's much more information out there. And it's really, you know, you want to make sure you're where the buyer is. So they're giving you signals online all the time. They're telling you, they're asking questions to Google. They're asking questions on Twitter. So you have to look for those buying signals. And the conversations are going on. So if you're not there, somebody else will be. And t tell us, what is a buying signal? Well, it could be, uh, you know, how do, how do I solve this problem? You know, looking for a company that does this. Like if you think about the different pain points that your company or your product or your service solves, there's, there's, there's questions that, that uh, a buyer would ask and kind of give you a signal that, hmm, I'm interested in, and maybe this person is, is entering a buying cycle. Yeah. And so I want to start engaging with them early and often. Mm -hmm. And social media can enable that. 
and right. is if you uh, are you know savvy and and you you learn how to how to use it and and add value to the conversation well you're, you're going to be in when they get down to the point where okay I've got a you know a set of three vendors that I'm looking at you're going to be considered in that short list mm-hmm. because you've built the relationship along the funnel it's going to be a series of touch points along the way. That's what I understand to be yeah. social selling. Yeah, exactly. And it's keeping in mind that it, it is about them until they're ready to talk about you. And so, and it's really kind of being that invest, invest, because you just never know when it'll, when it'll pay off for you. But you have to have that giving and helping mindset, um, not the selling. So Air Canada's global sales team wasn't doing this until you came on board with them. Um, what were the steps involved in educating them about what it was and then getting them to start applying it to their own work every day? There were pockets of what we call sort of random acts of social where there were certainly team members that um, had great profiles set up. They were active on Twitter um, and it was happening at an ad hoc basis. And so what the what the vice president wanted to do is just not make it so random, make it more systematized and um, have a strategic approach to it where we put measures in place and, and uh, tools. And, and we really looked at the mindset, the skill set, um, and the tool set. And so, you know, start with, okay, the, when we think about, okay, the mindset was we need to sort of communicate to people, okay, this is, this is what, you know, can work. Here's a lot of stats that show, I mean, there was great research out there by Forrester and the Aberdeen Group and others that, you know, lots of statistics that show if you're using a social selling approach, you do do better than those who aren't from a sales perspective in reaching quota or exceeding quota, you know, getting people open to the fact, the mindset of, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is a approach I can I can put into my day-to-day use. Did you start with the executives in main office in North America and then from there perhaps they took away um, your presentation and shared it with their own teams and direct reports? Is that how um, Yeah, initially what we did is, um, you know, the vice president was the executive sponsor and that's a key success factor um, and we, we developed a, a cross-functional uh, project, small project team and we went out to um, certain certain uh, divisions of the sales organization and, and sort of talked to them about what it was about and got their feedback and got their input um, and then worked on identifying who are the audience and kind of getting the building blocks going. So we really had a very strong project team. Again, very important to be cross-functional and uh, kind of grew the strategy. We did, you know, key stakeholder interviews and focus groups internally. And we also did interviews with external stakeholders. So we um, we talked to some of the audience groups. So who were the buyers, the personas? And we, we I interviewed them. And uh, and then we also went to some of the um, relevant industry associations, so the Travel Agency Association, um, the Global Business Travel Association, and talked to some of their um, folks and got you know input on. So okay, if this is if you're a travel manager who's a um, you know the audience, what sort of social networks are you on? How are you using social? We really got the um, project team together and started sort of in Canada and uh, the U.S. and sort of in North American, and then. Um, then expanded the project team to bring in regional representation as well. And uh, because it's really important, because it's a global sales organization, um, it was very important to understand the adaptation that would be necessary in different countries for different cultures because the social media platforms used in China um, aren't the same ones uh, as the primary 
tools in North America. Mm-hmm. So it was just really important to understand those those differences. Absolutely. Pretty much whatever discussion I'm having on this podcast, it always seems to come back to the same common elements, which is you always do need to to have your communications, your strategic business plan. You need to know clearly what your objective is. You need to know your audience. You achieve that by doing an environmental scan or focus groups or interviews. And from there, you start building out your path to achieving your objectives with your target audience. And then it's just figuring out and and then building the implementation plan based on that. So it really did entail two distinct phases, which was one, the building the strategy, and then two, um, the implementation. And you mentioned persona work, building a persona profile, um, which I think is good just to take a minute to to elaborate on here. It's when you are envisioning who your target audience or your target buyer is, your target customer. Um, and of course, there's not just one target customer. So you're you're painting a picture. You're kind of kind of taking a an amalgamation and dividing them into maybe it's a middle-aged woman in North America but then you're also selling to a, a young 20-year-old guy in Europe and his needs and preferred style of communicating is going to be very different to the middle-aged woman in North America and then again when you're in the Asian markets so with these personas you're trying to imagine and amalgamate like kind of the stereotypical or the average type of person you target custom each of these markets and then that's going to at least allow your sales team um, to picture and customize when they imagine who they might be speaking to and although I use the word amalgamate it might sound like I'm encouraging you to generalize in your outreach in fact it's going to do the opposite because it's going to allow you to see and target different groups of people in different ways as opposed to just taking a one-size-fits-all approach yeah absolutely and it really helps um drive your the content that you create and you curate and share Um, if you know that you are in a corporate sales manager and you're dealing primarily with um, procurement managers well if you want to add value to their lives you know go and source content from procure uh, you know this organization called procurement leaders and share share something like that that's going to actually help them do their job and you get on their radar and you can start you know with some initial touch points where you're adding value so where would you recommend an organization starts if they're developing a social selling strategy? Well, I think some of the key success factors, I think number one is executive buy-in. And we had that from the beginning. Uh, the, the vice president was the one driving this and none of it could or would have happened without um, his keen support. Um, and then the second uh, key success factor is around communication and consultation. So really forming a very... Um, cross-functional project team from the beginning because you've got uh, you need training you need communications for content and you need sales leaders to be able to then uh, motivate and uh, engage the team so let's talk change management strategies because anytime you introduce change you can expect concern confusion resistance Uh, so what are some of the measures you put in place to mitigate this at Air Canada I would say with social selling you would see a very typical technology adoption curve where you're you have and and we had and have um, with the Air Canada team some that were early adopters who were were leaders right away maybe were already active in it and were were the key people in bringing others along Um, they had early successes that they shared um, openly Um, and then we had you know sort of that middle pack that you know some were kind of this random acts of social some were doing a little here a little there were open to it and just kind of really needed the tools and the training to be able to do it well and then of course there's a percentage that would be resistant to it and I you know just don't you know had to really 
needed to get comfortable with with the understanding of why they were doing it and how how could they fit it into their already very very busy schedule and that's that's a real challenge and so it was a lot about communication it was really about reassuring them that this was not a paradigm shift this is really was just an evolution of their sales approach and reassuring them that we would have the tools, we would have the training that would help enable them. So we really focused on um, digital confidence and getting their confidence up in terms of sort of being comfortable with these new tools that they haven't used, and then also how to use them in in their sale, their daily sales um, activities. And one of the other key important tools is an employee advocacy platform. And so what that is, is really a, a content hub. Uh, and this is one that is um, managed uh, and administered by the sales communication team within the sales organization and so each day the, the the sales communication team is gathering content and loading content into this hub and then all of the sales team are connected to this they've connected their social accounts to it and so they can on a mobile app or on a desktop very easily go in each day see what you know pre-approved content is there and and share it so especially the people that were new to social media um, it's been fantastic we've had great feedback on that and just again building their confidence and it's so easy and really um, saves time takes away the fear that they might say the wrong thing and I guess it's a form of coaching so people um, and other teams or just people who are more experienced can can show them the way and what's really good too about the employee advocacy platform is it has very robust analytics you know so we can see well what types of posts um, are popular what are what have engagement how many clicks did they get how many shares are they getting um, and it also builds in um, a, a leaderboard as well so who's sharing the most or who's getting the most engagement and as salespeople you know most are motivated by results it's interesting you say that and according to people links 2015 state of social selling report only 31 percent of sales professionals say their selling process includes social only 26 percent of respondents feel they know how to use social for selling Some other studies suggest that buyers are almost 70% of the way through the sales process by the time they have their first contact with a sales rep. So, you know, it just reinforces what we've been discussing. Imagine if the buyers were reached earlier in the process, you know, sales performance would just go through the roof. Yeah, that's one of the key factors of the why and the why now is because so much of the selling process is already completed before somebody contacts a salesperson. Now, we've touched on using LinkedIn for presenting yourself online and as one of the key touch points for doing your social selling. And for people listening who want to self-assess, you know, how, how well they're doing with their social media presence, their social selling presence, um, you can actually go to linkedin.com backslash sales backslash SSI and you can take the social selling index test. So this is going to measure your aptitude in how well you've established your professional brand. Um, they also measure if you're finding the right people, if you're engaging with insight, and building relationships and and it also lets you measure how you're doing in general but then against other people in your industry um, so have you taken the test, Kerry? Uh, yes. LinkedIn just developed it as, as a guideline uh, measure for sort of, I guess, performance on, on LinkedIn. And so it's, it's accessible to everybody who has a free LinkedIn account or a paid LinkedIn account. What's been interesting with, with the Sales Navigator paid accounts is you can actually, uh, as a group, as a team, you get a report of the team's social selling index. We started with a pilot um, 
project of 50 people on the paid paid account and we took a snapshot of the social selling index before and um, it was at 47 and after the pilot it had jumped up to 65. Wow, that's quite, quite a leap. Yeah, it was, it's a very big leap. And then when you compare it to industry standards, um, I think it was something like the average airline employee has a social selling index of 12. I think the average LinkedIn user is at 40. Um, and so anyway, very uh, a lot higher. The team has achieved um, a social selling index a lot higher than any of the averages. And we continue to see it grow um, with the activity and, and people getting trained and using it more in, in their day-to-day sales activities. All of this uh, social monitoring and responding and connecting, you know, it all takes a lot of time on top of um, all the other responsibilities they have in their day. And you can't, you simply can't give the same level of attention to everyone. So what is your Mm -hmm. advice to to your clients? Um, How do you help them focus their energies in the right place? How do they identify what the right place is? And then how do they structure their time around that? Lastly, and key as well, um, how do they position themselves to truly understand their, their clients' objectives so they can provide that value that we've been discussing? It really starts with the high-level objectives. Uh, everything has to map to the, to the objectives of the sales organization, and, and you just have to make sure you do that in, in um, everything you do. And so it's really about identifying, okay, well, what are the priority industries or what are the priority accounts? You know, what are the key contacts within these accounts that I need to engage with on a regular basis? Where am I going to get the best bang for, for, for my buck? And, you know, each salesperson has a territory plan that they, they look at. And so they can kind of draw from that where they should focus their time and attention in, in a social selling aspect. I mean, you really can spend 10, 15 minutes a day on this and, and actually see a difference. And so it can be, you know, especially with the sales navigator it's a dedicated feed of the accounts and the leads that you've saved sometimes with LinkedIn you follow you have so many connections you might have thousand connections or more and so it does get very noisy in, in the news feed in the, uh, on LinkedIn or say even on Twitter on Sales Navigator, you can narrow that down. You can filter it down to the key ones that you are interested in, in seeing. And so then it's about sort of just having a quick scan, you know, a few times during the day. And with the mobile app, you can you can do that on the run as well. And really, um, you can build that 10 or 15 minutes um, into your day and, and start to see the value. And some of the ways that, um, you know, some examples in terms of sort of the sales intelligence you can um, garner from it, Air Canada has definitely seen. So there's been other instances where there, you know, there was an account that was being followed, a cruise line made an announcement that they were expanding um, into, you know, an Australasian new market. Well, from that um, piece of sales intelligence, the sales manager reached out to the cruise line um, and said, hey, you know, I see that you're expanding, you know, can we talk about this new market? And it ended up resulting in, you know, in a signed contract for that new market. What it demonstrates is that you've got a pulse on, you know, you're interested in what your customers are doing and and, uh, you're paying attention to it. So it really elevates, yeah, you know, you as sort of a trusted advisor and someone who does, um, understand their business needs great well thank you very much for joining us on today's show Kiri thanks for having me I it's uh, there's so much to, to talk about <laughs> I really enjoyed it it's true and we actually had Kiri on the show last year where she was giving advice about how to brand and position yourself for independent communicators that was part of our indie series for people thinking of going it alone or even people that are already working as independent consultants we had a three-part series um, I encourage you to go and look up 
um, going indie. Thanks everyone for tuning in today. The Voice is produced here in Ottawa, Canada. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Thanks to Ashley McGrath for mixing this episode. She's with Thornley Fellis, an integrated communications agency serving clients across North America. Make sure to visit ottawa.iabc.com for more about the show and related resources. IABC Ottawa is the voice of Ottawa's marketing and communications industry. And I'm your host, Tina Barton. Connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Tina M. Barton. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.